And before we get into this episode, I am just so happy. This episode we're actually recording in the Scholler Seltzer. Um, not related to Polar Seltzer. This is not an ad for Polar Seltzer. We're in the Scholler Seltzer South Boston factory location, which I'm just so happy to be. And we are here with the factory manager, Miss Beatrice Headdress. You can Be- call me Beatty. Beatty. Oh, Beatty. Do you know this is an honor for me? Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys coming here. I don't I don't know about all this Hollywood stuff, so you, you know. know what? People say that, but what is more what is more glamour than this location where we're at? Let me just describe. Everything is steel. Everything is shiny in this seltzer factory. There's bubbles everywhere. This is actually where Dita Von Teese is coming to do a practice run of her show. Yeah, and I just want everyone to know everything's up to code. Exactly. Don't let it get out. Everything's up to code. There is a really, for listeners at home, the Boston Health Inspectors, they're almost like the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition. You know I dated one of them once. Well... I think we all know this is why they go so hard on y'all. Yeah. This is why they come down so hard. It ended ugly. What was their name again? I kind of forget. Oh, uh, well, there were two of them, so it depends <laughs> on which one you're talking about. Which one ended up um, with the um, the divorce and the childhood divorce? Oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. I still have nightmares about Gary, to be honest. You know, here's the problem. I loved Gary, and that's where everything goes wrong, Okay. When you, you don't, let someone in, you got you can't let him in. You can't you can't let him in and then hold on tight. You can't do it. That's what I did. It's like that song, "Hold on loosely, but don't let go." That's exactly right. But also, like I, as your friend, I just have to say, I know you love to blame it all on you, but he was also an insanity of a human being. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, old Beatty's been going to therapy, so I'm trying no to... No way. Yep, I'm trying to break my toxic cycles. No way. Yep, yep. Beatty, I mean, if anyone knows old school Boston, old school Boston and therapy is similar to oil and vinegar. That's true, yeah. They yep. usually don't mix. I, I haven't told anyone in my family. <laughs> I hope they don't hear this, okay. But uh, you know what? If they do screw it, I don't care. I don't care. I'm breaking toxic cycles. Petey, this is fabulous. This is huge work. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of myself. And I think talking about Gary specifically, bringing about this up, that does break down some walls that you held on to for a long time. Yeah, you know, you just, you get, I, you get trapped in a cycle. And uh, I was watching a documentary about therapy just the other day. You get stuck in the maze. You get stuck in the maze, and then you can't break out of the maze. And you know what that was preventing me from doing? Living in the here and now. Oh, my. Okay, Beatty. Well, it's crazy that you talk about the maze. For me, me and Oprah um, did an escape room a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you have all of these notions of how you're going to act in the world until you're in the stressful situation. That's correct. For me, the stressful situation was that I didn't have my inhaler. And I was in a very tight corner. For Oprah, it was that Gail was not present. That's right, yeah. And the two of our anxieties clashing together was one of the most challenging. And also, on a more casual note, I've been suffering from a sinus infection. I've been waking Mm. up every two hours. I never want to take pills. You know, I'm really against pills. I took acetaminophen last night with red dye number 40 in it because I was so desperate for sleep. That's huge for you. That's breaking down... Well, it's for me. That is. You know why? Because you got to take care of yourself. Yes. And 
I think I used the guise of not wanting to put um, synthetics into my body as a way to keep myself in pain. We lie to ourselves. Well, Beta, you did lie to yourself about Gary's level of attractiveness, too, if we're going to... Well, you know, it's just because, look, you there's there's physical attraction, and mm-hmm. I realize that there is uh, an objective point of view in there somewhere about physical attractiveness that most people can agree on. But look, the second Gary, he's a smooth talker, the second he opened his mouth... And he told me that he had a car and he was Mm. bragging about it. Mm. I just found him very attractive. I don't know what happened. It's that swag. It's that South Boston swagger. It It works on me all the time. It is. It It was last, I think it was last May. No, it was was cold. It was a cold month. And there was Could have been May in Boston. (laughs) Hey, uh, baby, can I get an amen? I mean, talk about this weather these last couple of days. We had 50 degrees and now it's going to be negative 20. It's crazy. But there was this very attractive South Boston kind of skinhead, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But he was in a tank top in the cold. Yeah, There's some of that right. swagger. That's some of that saying, fuck you. I can't well, swear on this program. Well, because if he's in a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. If he's in a tank top, you know what's happening? Heat's radiating off his body. Oh. He has his own personal climate. Oh, my. And that, I'm very attracted to that. Yeah. I am very attracted to when people create their own atmospheres. That's right. That is a huge turn. I think because I am such an aggressor and a controller in life, when I feel someone is providing their own and they are creating their own business, I find that very, because I can kind of yep. sink back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also to take it one step further, I just love space. I love space. I love space so much. Space is crazy. Space, they're like, this is a planet. Now it's not a planet. Now it's a planet. Now it's not a planet. It's crazy out there. Space is great. Which I did love um, for listeners who have not been to the um, Holer Seltzer uh, factory in South Boston. It is designed by fourth graders to be a space show. Yes, that's right. Uh, it's space is a passion of mine. I don't know a lot about it, uh, but it is a passion. So I just figured, look, here's something crazy I'm going to say to you. We're in space right now. We are in space. It's not, it's not like we look at the sky. We're like, that's space. We are in We're it. in space. Which I think is also like, which I think one of the biggest, most impactful things about your exhibit that you put together that speaks to that is the exile of Pluto. Yes. Pluto being in its own room in a corner. Yes. And there is, people, you got to go to the Holer Seltzer Foundation Please to go, go see this yeah. because the monologue, the audio recording monologue that Pluto has saying, All I wanted was to be who I was, and you told me I wasn't a planet no more, but how can you tell me who I am? I am not, I'm in it. I am the planet. I am existing. Your label does not mean anything to my existence. That moved me. Oh, thank you so much. I really, that means a lot coming from you, honestly. That super moved me. Yeah, that's, look, space is expanding. And you know what else is expanding? My heart. So, (sighs) you know what? I don't know. I said you can't put yourself out there, but I don't know. I'm coming back around to maybe I'll put myself out there again. Well, BD, it seems like you're breaking down. Yet another cycle.
Off the coast of New England, in the southern edge of the Stellwagen Bank, is a mysterious chunk of ocean called the Yankee Square. Unlike its sister, the Bermuda Triangle, who snatches people into her oblivion, the Yankee Square only takes those already lost. Within this chunk of ocean lay an archipelago of islands, who are host to all the displaced and forgotten people of the Northeast. There are the isles for the many native tribes, there's the Salem Witch Isle, but I am here to tell you the stories of my people, the people of exile. I am Saltine, internationally renowned art historian, anti-philanthropist and biotechnician. I am the messenger of the isle. And here is the latest report from exile, episode number six, Laundry Gaze. February 2023, laundry day. Cold, cold but bright, like a jewel. Sunset, 4.50 p.m. Moon phase, waxing crescent, quarter full. Full of what? Is this light true light? Does this quarter way mean anything? Should it be all or nothing? Can this friend really mean something to me if we haven't given everything all at once right at the top? Do I have the patience? The patience! Do I have the patience? One new ex-islander kicked out of her out of studio when they found out she was also living in it. Burn, that one hurts. New day, February, laundry day! Bruno, I'll have a large pizza. Bruno, I'll have a large pizza. One at a time, folks. I can't take ten orders at once, all right? Bruno himself shouted over the crowd, clamoring in his tiny pizza shop. Clamoring really is the word. You know when you see people you love get desperate and act like the audience at Mori during a giveaway? Ugh, it's upsetting. Now, Minky, what can I get for you? Hey, we've been waiting here forever. Minky just walked in. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, what? That's not what? That's not fair. But do you make me dinner every night of the week, aside from Fridays? Well, huh? Do you? Uh, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wednesday night scallop scampi spanked me. It was so good. Dang. And if y'all keep making such a fuss, we won't have pizza night anymore. How about that? No, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm so- that's what I thought again. Now, my dear Minky, what can I get for you? Oh, darling, you're so kind. I'll have two large pizzas, one with olives and tons of za'atar, and the other will be with calamari and cheez-its. Minky said, looking up at the chalkboard, where the handwritten toppings available that night were written. It changed weekly depending on what washed up. I guess the rumors were correct that a crate of Middle Eastern spices and cheez-its had fallen off of a shipping container on its way to Savannah. I didn't want to get my hopes up. Now, darlings, doesn't this just smell delicious? Minky said, squeezed in the booth with Tim on one side and Doc leaning against the window on the other. Yeah, why are we waiting? Bryony said, sitting across the table, reaching for a slice and shoving it in her mouth. Ugh, greedy, greedy. It's burning me. It's scalding me. I don't have skin inside my mouth anymore. Well, that's why we were waiting. Yeah, dumb-dumb, and despite being dumb, she just continued shoving the food in her mouth while looking pained and, to be real, causing pain. But the village was lit up out the window, a warm cottage on every nook of the hill that fell gently to the harbor, 
Friday night was a big night on exile for the pizza alone. All right, who's next? Bruno had a pizza shop in a strip mall in Norwood, Massachusetts, that was so good it made me question the purpose of the Zagat rating and question the reasoning behind the diet I was on. The clone, a zone spinoff where you just eat bioengineered food made by nerds at MIT. Ugh, I've always been on a diet. Wait, has my life been a diet? Oh, God. I used to go to Bruno's with my mom when she would go to work. Anytime I think about my childhood or her work, I can smell that pizza. There was no restaurant or bar opened on Fridays on the aisle. Most people on the aisle used to have menial food service jobs that required them to give over their weekends to their masters. I mean, their bosses their whole lives. So it was an unspoken understanding that no work would be expected of the islanders on weekends at all. It was every eggy for themselves. Bruno was the only person who worked Friday nights on Exile. And you know why he liked working Fridays? He won't say, but my personal belief is that he can tie it into a Friday night lights role play. So everyone went there for dinner. Well, almost everyone, da da da, leading ellipses there for those not following the accessible transcript. We have the accessible transcript, right? I have a deaf cousin, Saltine. Where the <laughs> is the accessible transcript? Oh, hello, boys. Hey, uh, hi, hello, how are you? Darlings, want to come join us? Pull up a few chairs. Sure, thanks for the invite. Yeah, sure, thanks. Feels real good to be included. Yeah, thanks for the invite. You finished up chores nice and early. Sorry my whites were so heavy today, guys. I'm going through a fungal thing and need to switch out my socks like five times a day. Huh? Yeah, huh? Huh? The laundry. You remember the laundry, right? It's laundry day. Oh, yeah. The laundry. Yeah, um, the laundry. Oh, yeah, the laundry. Darlings, you put the laundry in the chute, right? If not, it might not be done until next week, and I know Grandma had that tankini she was hoping to wear in the greenhouse on Tuesday. Oh, oh, um... Done, done, done. They said, sliding out of their seats one by one and moving to the door. I'll save you some slices, boys. Don't worry. <sighs> Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. The boys ran across the moonlit path through the main center of the village off to the rooming house. Once inside, they went room to room gathering the dirty laundry. Not mine, mister. You'll get nothing on me. I've erased all written and digital communication concerning Obama's late-in-the-game switch to supporting gay marriage. <gasps> The boys heaved the big laundry bags on their backs, struggling to the basement to the laundry chute. Be careful, Nesslani. Yeah, you too, Ronnie. Yeah, and you too, Tani. They opened the hatch and saw the seemingly endless giant black straw open up beneath them. Just throw it in gentle. Yeah, just make sure to be gentle. Don't go throwing yourself in, Ronnie. Yeah, no way, Sonny. Uh-huh, Tani. All right. One, yeah, one, yeah, one. All three triplets fell down the chute. Shoot! Shoot! Yeah! Shoot! 
Again, when the promised, otherwise I will cut my contract, in half, accessible transcript comes out, you will read shoot spelled S-H-O-O-T twice and then C-H-U-T-E. The Exile Laundry Shoot is a part of a masterpiece of plumbing, recreational thrills, and homemaker help technologies. Attached to every home in the main village of Exile, and even a few of the cottages on the outskirts by the pine forest to the north and the maples on the right, is the universal pipes and chute system. The plumbing and laundry chute system is a collection of lead pipes and stainless steel baking sheets that combined reach a grand total of 700 miles. It was designed by the Hollow family. Looked at with infrared technology, the pipes form a beautiful portrait of Martha Washington. We have to be close to the bottom now, Sonny. Right time, I don't know, Ronnie. Oh, Sonny, I think we're close. I smell fiber supplements, and I smell cold brew, and I smell gun oil. What's that, Tony? Yeah, what's that, Tony? Uh, what? What's gun oil, Tony? Yeah, Tony, what's gun oil? Ah, uh, a lubricant for guns. Oh, okay, okay. Before the boys knew what was happening, they landed on a giant pile of duvet covers, folded beautifully, gorgeously, like in a motel in Paris, you know what I mean? Like, even in a motel in Paris, they'd probably fold better than us at our high-end places. I mean, they've just had so many years to practice, you know? All of this machinery ends up in the laundry flats, the freshwater marble pond to the east of the village on the way to the Sulphur Springs. This is a sacred space, a very sacred space. This is where the gay people work. Ah! What are those? Elves? Moles? Voles? The gay is called, standing ankle-deep in the many sections of the marble pools for washing. No, these are the triplets. What are you doing here, boys? Get off those duvets, please. Hurry. I said please, and I didn't have to. We fell down the shoe. We forgot to bring the laundry out. We forgot to put it down through earlier, and Grandma will kill us. I'm sorry, boys. We can't do any more. The wash is done. We've moved on to the spin cycle. About, what, 30 minutes ago? (sighs) Yeah, 32 minutes ago. All right, guys, let's get back into this. Brody Brigsby, Cody Brigsby's ugly brother, said, drenched in sweat, leading the spin class that powered the spin cycle. All right, guys, hit it! Sorry, boys. You'll have to wait till next week. We'll do yours first, though. But we can't. Grandma will kill us. She'll kill us. No, she won't. She won't kill you. But she will seriously injure you. Brainy, I told the boys I would save them a slice. You think you'll keep going at that speed? Should I go order another pizza? I am not going to be judged by you. I wasn't judging. I was asking. I'm not sure when I'll be done. God will let me know when to stop. 
Bryony said, smirking, the piece of pizza in her greasy hands slipping onto her nice shirt. Oh, my God. Correction. Grandma's shirt. Dun, dun, dun. Thank God. Please. God. Oh, mister, please, mister gay, please, mister gay, please, we need you to help us. The triplets froze, and out from the back hall walked a queen with utmost seriousness on his face. The master is about to work. No one speak. He needs complete silence. And they watched as the master flexed and stretched, said two and a half prayers, and with steady hand, reached into the laundry basket and pulled out <gasps> a fitted sheet. What? 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 Yeah, that's right. A f- fitted sheet. And he began, one by one, with the slightest of movements, with the most graceful of hands, he folded the fitted sheets, completing the basket in under two minutes. Not one wrinkle. Not one. Not one crumpled corner. Oh, it was a masterpiece. Everyone, including the triplets, let out a tear. <laughs> Like one does when they see the Grand Canyon or when you are so hungry you want to cry and you reach into your backpack and even though you know there's no food in there but you do it anyway. And then you find a Lara bar because you forgot you bought three last week rather than your normal two and you want to French yourself for having such forethought. Um, uh, Mr. Gay? Tawny asked after the master had walked away and they all composed themselves. Why do the gay people do the laundry on Friday night? Why do the stars shine? Why do trees lift the spirit? These are questions for God, not man. Is it because the bottoms love the job of hauling the 19th century sleds carrying the freshly laundered clothes back up to their owners because it makes their bums soul-demolishingly beautiful? Is it because the tops love how strong their forearms get spending six hours a day working soft soap into the delicates? Be careful, be careful, be careful! They're delicate. Who knows? The gay people on exile love to do laundry because... <laughs> talk about a laugh! Spending an evening with a bunch of queens in a steamy room where you can only see vague figures of a few feet in front of you? And the satisfaction of a job well done? Who wouldn't want that? There are very few downsides. Really? What are they? Yeah, Mr. Gay, what are the downsides? Yeah. People like you. And her. Who? Yeah, who? Yeah, who? Gays, please! Gays, please! Bryony said, running in the laundry room with just a bra under her wool jacket and Grandma's special mink turtleneck in her hands. I borrowed this from Grandma for my birthday. God, it's not my birthday. Why do I lie so easily? I borrowed this without asking. I stole this from a friend. <sighs> from someone I don't really like but take advantage of. Can you please help me? She's gonna kill me. I'm sorry, Briny, but we're closed. But I have to get this cleaned. Can't you just start it? It's gonna stain if not. She'll, she'll kill me. As I said to the boys, she will not kill. She may cut off a finger or two, but... Please, gay. Briny, I'm sorry. But just then, they heard a chair. Squeak! From the back office, and the top stained gay walked into the main room. 
Detergent, before you leave, please get me one last pot boiling. Oh, okay, uh, sure. I wouldn't do this just for anyone, Gaze. We were about to clock out and head to bed. It's one-armed charades night tomorrow and we need our sleep, but... Boys, do you know who this is? A homeless lady? A woman who doesn't shave her mustache? The daughter of Phyllis Diller? Kind of, yes, and maybe actually. Briny, smile maniacally and give me an emphysema laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! No, sadly not biologically connected to Phyllis Diller, but this is Briny, a very important woman in her own right. Darlings, she is the one who changed our lives. Huh? She is the one who altered our religion. The one who gave us our icons to worship. No, it can't be her. No. Oh my god, it, it, oh my god, no. Gaze, go get your devotionals. And the gays all ran into their rooms, one by one, bringing out pieces of cardboard with all of Briny's nude sketches of men taped to them. Oh my god, the prophet! Oh my god! Yes. Without porn, Briny gave us our only nude images of men on the aisle. Briny, of course we will help you. Let me see the garment. She handed it over, and he... His tongue. The rest of the gays surrounded him, and they all... One by one. Even I clucked. This is a tough one, Briny, but we'll do it. Boys, throw your laundry in, too. I don't know why, but the spirits are telling me to. Top Gay said, staring at his devotional board with a detailed sketch of Doc in the center. Creak. Excuse me. I have some uh, pizza for the boys. I didn't want them to miss dinner. Doc said, opening the door. Woohoo! We got it! Yeah, we did it! Doc, we did it! And the top gay smiled slowly and looked to Briny with utmost gratitude. And he said with reverence, Doc, I think those pants need a wash as well. God, I love laundry days. And that was another report from Exile. You have been listening to WOMR 92.1 FM Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM Orleans. Streaming worldwide at WOMR.org slash listen. We stream live on WOMR the first and third Thursday of the month at 8.30 p.m. And you can find more episodes online at onexile.com.